Ah, it's a beautiful day in paradise, man. It is a beautiful day in paradise. Fucking nice. And today, especially because I just kicked my fucking kids to the curb at their school for the first day of school, and I was ready, you know? Like, I fucking snapped 48 hours ago. Were they excited? They were like, uh, they, they were excited, but I'm just tired of the constant fucking tussle, the constant like, he said that, and stop hitting me, and that's mine, and you know what I mean? And I was like, for the last two days, like, I can't wait till you have to go to school. You, you have appreciate to to teachers yeah. a little more now, don't oh, you? Oh, fuck, I man. love teachers, because they got the toughest fucking job. They got to put up with that shit eight months. You put up with, for, for three weeks all day, it is tough. Yeah. And they were here, it's not like... Uh, you know, you fucking give them $3 and tell them to go down to fucking Encino and walk around. They're here yeah, with you, yeah, you know, so yeah. that's what's, uh, but it's good. They're back. Yeah. You remember when your first day back? I mean, what grades are they going into? Uh, they're going into fifth and sixth grade. Wow. Yeah. Those are good years. All I know is, like, I have to watch my P's and Q's because their memory at this point. Is they tremendous. remember. Like, there's some stories, like, maybe they forgot about that one time I was drunk in front of them. Like, hopefully they'll forget about that, although... I doubt it, but uh, but now everything is on the up and up. It has to be at this age. No, it has to be, and and it, and it goes fast. From fifth grade to hair on your balls happens fast. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So these are the years that you really have to watch them because I started slipping in the sixth grade. That was my slip oh, up. Really? That was oh, my slip really? up. Oh. I fell in love, you know. Oh, yeah, I fell in love with, with pussy. What do you think you fucking fall in love with? Crime. Yeah, you fall in love with pussy. You know, yeah, as a I first... just thought you were going the other way. No, at that time I was still like dicking around, like you know. But at that time I met this girl, and it was just overwhelming. It was just the feelings were overwhelming, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I was uh, I was always a good student, but I let everything go with this girl. I ended up in summer school and ended up getting left back, and it was a fucking nightmare. Oh, that was all in sixth grade. But the root of that oh. was that girl because mm-hmm. it was, I just went from one extreme to another. You know, it's just amazing, and I learned from that. I learned how I flipped out that you have to control yourself. You know, like. Well, I, what did you do in sixth grade where you flipped out? Just, you know, pussy, just the thought of sucking titties and just the thought of thinking that you're becoming a man Uh because you're doing something. It's such a false kind of illusion, you know, like you start acting different. I started reneging. I start fuck society. I got a woman, you know, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck (laughs) are you? You know, and it was it was a weird thing at my house because I seen the transition of my mother. You really don't you really don't learn about your mother till you start dating women as a young guy like women start knocking on your door and you watch your woman's behavior your mom's behavior and at first they're a little standoffish you know this is your little boy you just changed his fucking diaper 10 days ago that's what it seems like you know no matter who and how you just yeah you just changed their diaper 10 years ago 10 days ago and these girls are coming to your house so now your mom for the first month doesn't like it they don't kind of like it like what's going on in that room you know, lock the fucking door, leave the door open, you know? But <laughs> And then I think it takes like a mom a year to accept it. That yeah. girls are going to start calling for Is it you. wrong if you're like that in a regular relationship with a grown man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's, you know, it just, it takes you to a different spot. Especially like at that time, my mom had a husband, but he really wasn't a husband. So I guess you start seeing things. Like this is my boy growing up. Mm-hmm. So it was a big change for my mom and then... I started breaking away. She got closer. Right away, you get closer. You're losing your baby. So you're losing your baby, and now you're pushing back. I don't want to be fucking kissed in public. I don't want you to touch my hand in public. I don't want you to buy my shirts no more. 
So it causes this fucking thing, you know, that, and it happens. It's just, it happens well, in every boys home. My boys, they, they each went through a phase of that, and now they've come around the other side where they, they like kissing me in public and holding my hand, you know, because they've kind of uh, right. wrestled that to the ground. But, but wait till they start getting girlfriends at basketball games. Watch if you yeah. could come up and talk to them, you know. Yeah. Ma, okay, ma, okay, ma. And it's, and it's just the uh, sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, it's tough for a little boy. You, yeah. you, you want to see so many things. You want answers. You want fucking answers. Yeah, Yeah, you want answers, but it's such a fun time. You know, school is such a fun time. And looking back at it, it's so easy. It's such a great time for you going to school. And if you just pay attention to it, school is a breeze. You know, when I, you know, after I got left back, I never told my mom I got left back. So it's like driving with a warrant. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop for uh, stop signs and do two ways. You gotta drive in the left hand lane. So it made me a better student. And getting left back made me a better person because it taught me how to study. Like, I didn't fuck around anymore. You know, that's a, a great thing you said about me a couple of weeks ago because it made me think, where did I get it from, that go get this? You know, once I got left back and I felt so ashamed because I'm not stupid. Pussy got me left back. I could do this with my eyes closed. Geography, where's Africa? The four clouds, cumulimbus, nimbus. I could do this sixth grade work with your eyes closed. I got so pissed that it made me such a better student. So I wouldn't let things lapse anymore. Like whenever I had a test or something, even after the test, I would study that material. So when finals came along, I didn't have to cram. I became a better student. It made me like more alert. Like this will never fucking happen to me again. Because I'm not stupid. It was so fucking embarrassing. You get left back. There's only one answer. You're fucking stupid. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you're in the sixth grade. What? You get, yeah. When you get left back, it's because you failed four fucking classes. Mm. You're pretty fucking stupid. Let's face it. You know what I'm saying? If you fail fucking grammar school. And sixth grade and second grade are fucking really hard. Yeah. Those are the ones you learn. Yeah, the, the times table in the second grade. But in the second grade, if you got a kid, you can already... Start to see what direction he's going to go. You really just start to either give him a globe or a shovel. You know what I'm saying? Like, because his math. <laughs> a globe or a shovel. Yeah, either he's going to be Copernicus or he's going to be digging trenches for a right, living. Right, right. You know, you know, if they're having a hard, like, to this day, I have a hard time with fucking fractions. My wife always makes fun of me because I go to Ralph's. I always fuck up the amounts on the ham. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of getting a third, I get two thirds. Or It's fucking ridiculous. Like, and fractions do help you, but there's so many things in life as a kid that while you're doing them, even like a protractor. How many times did you use a protractor after grammar school? Uh, no. None. Hello. Yeah. But they did. Yeah. I don't know no, what. I, the, I didn't. I'm bad at that too. I'm dyslexic, so I'm. It's like whatever. But know? it's just amazing that you're going into the best time period of your life, Felicia. Yeah. Like comedy was one thing, and winning Star Search, and getting married, and divorce, and going through everything is nothing compared to watching your boy or your girl grow. Oh, absolutely. And I'm telling yeah. you this, yeah. even from a, an, an outsider's eye, I see parents with kids, and then I'll, I'll see them six months later, and they're growing, they're playing football, they're playing basketball. I'm like, I went out to dinner with these people Saturday. They got three kids, four boys, three mm-hmm. boys and a little girl, real cute. They're oh, Filipino. Wow, wow. We went to the UFC fight with them, you know. Oh, and, uh, you did? Oh, yeah, nice. over at the, at the Barney's Beanery. Yeah, and yeah. I called them back, and they go, the kids are coming, right? And he called me back, and he's like, you're the first person ever that called back and asked if the kids are coming. And I'm like, I have a fun time with your kids. I do yeah. like magic tricks. I make believe I'm a magician from oh, Cuba. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you do that? Oh, I, I throw them off. You know, I put a penny under the... I cheat. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But the mother pulled me aside and she goes, you know, my kids always have to bring games with them wherever they go to get entertained. When they're around you, I farted. You know, who farted? I didn't tell them. Right. They started blaming each other. You know what I'm saying? They started hitting each other. That's the shit I, 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 I that's my specialty as kids. You know what I'm saying? And the whole time I thought of you because I didn't curse. 
Right. Oh, you know, yeah. I didn't curse and I, I didn't smoke cigarettes in front of them. Like when I'm around kids, I don't want them to see that bad thing. You know, I don't want them to see a lot of, and I'll, I might slip and say shit or something in front of them, but I want them to know that it's human. Yeah. And it happens. Just don't say it till you're 18. Yeah. And they'll look at me and say, fuck you, Joey. I say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, don't say it till you're 18. <laughs> By man. the way, that's how they talk when they think I'm not listening. Oh, they please. were in the pool the other day, and I was in my bedroom, but I had, the window was a little bit open. And what'd you hear? And they were like, you fucking never heard. Oh, oh, I screamed oh so loud. What'd you oh say? Oh, my though? God. I was like, what the? You little mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> They're so funny. No, you're going into the best time of your yeah. life, Felicia, and I'm very uh, happy for you, you know. We're back, bitches. Hey, Joey Diaz. Felicia Michaels looking fine in a motherfucker with a little farmer shirt on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She got her tits all banging. She's back and shit. Yeah. I got an email today from a lady that heard our podcast last week, which was a very good podcast. Uh -huh. and, and she wrote, and it's funny because I became my mother. My mother's life, my mother's mission in this life was to make women stronger. My mother hated, like, the reason why I can't take women talking in my house is because my mother didn't do that. Oh, my mother didn't like women at the house talking. My mother didn't like that. You know, my mother's famous words to me, like, Ma, I don't like milk. Ma, I don't like making my bed. And she'd say, I don't like sucking dick, but somebody's got to do it. My mom always had a line mm -hmm. to make you feel like at first would throw you off, but then you're like, she's right. right. She's right. <laughs> that was what my mom's gift was to the world. She always took you off your guard, and it took her two fucking words. So today this lady writes, and she goes, Felicia, my name is whatever. I love the podcast. Karen, Karen. My name is Karen. I love the podcast. I'm so <laughs> sorry about you and the activity partner. It must be so sad. And I wrote back, listen, bitch, Felicia Michaels don't need no sorrows. Her pussy is a survivor. <laughs> a survivor. You understand me? When at the end of the fucking world, there's going to be a couple of rats, a guy walking around with a missing leg, and they'll show you a pussy walking with one leg shot, dragging like a fucking uterus and shit, you know what I'm saying? Down fucking sunset looking for a cock. What the fuck is going on here? The world will be like, I am legend. Oh, there'll be Will Smith, the dog, and your pussy, and a bunch of fucking vampires. <laughs> your pussy's a survivor. You always oh, figure out a way how to squeeze gonna... juice out of some fucking what helmet. I love do? it. Well, hey, that was because I was in a sexless marriage for and I was a player before that. Oh, please. But, uh, but I am back on the internet, and it is, uh, this is a, the internet thing is, I know we've talked about it, but I forgot about certain things. Like, like if you're a chick, you get a lot of emails. Like, if, you know, if you can comb your hair and put some lipstick on, it's all good, right? And, and so, uh, but it's like, it's just out of control. And then now I, so you, you know, you favorite like eight of them, right? To pick them off slowly. And, and, but you can't write back everybody, you know? You can't write back everybody. So uh, this one guy wrote, and I, and, and by the way, I don't tell them my real name because I do say that I'm a comedian because I want people to understand. Look, I got a big life. If you can manage it, you know, I'm, I'm picking for me, not for us, meaning my kids. They got a dad. So the guy writes, he's like, uh, uh, you know, I thought our relationship would be further along already, you know, because I was supposed to meet him, but then I can't because I'm taking my niece up to the magic castle. And, uh, and I was thinking, what the fuck, Slick Rick from Marina Del Rey? You don't even know my fucking real name yet. What the fuck, you know? And then I was telling my niece, you know, I can't, I can't put my real name like in the email when they email you back and forth because 
they'll Google Felicia and comedy, and then it'll be like, you know, you ever notice when you're sucking a guy's cock? You know what I mean? And you got a thousand followers. You know what I'm saying? They know that much about me before they. Uh, What's put, the name that you use? Eyeballs. I'm not gonna say the name I use. Well, no if they way. look at the fucking picture, they'll tell it's you. Well, you know how many fucking pictures there? They can just they can search uh, the name. They can't search your picture. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Like so, like if you want to dig through the hundreds of thousands of starving sexually starving women in los angeles you know and this is just for the los angeles area there's a lot of and there's a lot of women out there there's a lot of people on the internet yeah yeah and match.com and those things do a fucking great job advertising they sell you a dream they really do sell you a dream matches you know i have an agent that quit the business to focus on finding a marriage what i have an agent that I wasn't my agent no more. We became friends. In fact, I'm on a Facebook to see how she's doing. She got out of the business because her parents said they wanted her married before they died, and they will do anything it takes to have her married. They'll pay her rent, focus on finding a good man, Are get out you there. Serious? And she's out there right now, sucking different dicks, trying to get it together, you know, <laughs> taking samples from Are the sample you serious? tree. Serious? Like, how do you do that if that's your job? Like, it's if that's your a, job, man, because you would be an evil. I would be so evil if that was my job, just to do that. I, I, you know, I'm already, you know. I mean, I was very lucky with Terry, but, you know, dog, I was lonely for a long time. And, 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 it's, a, and it's, a, it's an emotion that you, when you're going through it, you push it away. You, you focus on your work. You don't really think about it. But at the end of the night, there you are with your dick in your hand, you know, fantasizing about an affair you had eight years earlier. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and loneliness, it's really weird, but you, there's a guy I met at the gym at the Y. He's been going to a cycling class. Mm-hmm. Good-looking, 50-year-old guy, really good-looking, you know? And I see him, and we wave. I'm in yoga, and the one day he was walking out, and I was walking in, and he's from Long Island. We started talking about the Mets, and, and I mean, it was so weird, Felicia, because six minutes into our conversation, he goes, now, the girl I see you with, is that your wife? And I'm like, yeah, and he goes, you're very lucky. I'm 49, I'm still single. And he just broke down his life to me. He was like, I was in the adult entertainment field for 22 years, and it's hard to find a woman, and I've tried, and it's very lonely. I mean, I just met this guy, you know, so I could see that. You could just see it, you know, and I went home, and one part of me was like, wow, that guy was fucking crazy. But the other part of me was like, he's lonely. It's really eating him alive, and he's alone. And he's blaming it on the entertainment adult industry which he should just go out there and be free, you know, and just put that beside him. What, are you going to live with that the rest of your fucking life? I kidnapped a guy. You don't want me to hit on women because they might find out. Who gives a fuck? That's just part of you, who the fuck you are. Yeah. People either accept you, you know. And he's a sweetheart of a guy. In fact, I see him Sunday at the Y, and we started talking. I told him I had a spot, and he goes, stop by where I work. And I went up there, and I had a slice of pizza, and we talked for a while. And he's very lonely, but loneliness is a really weird thing when it starts to get to you. Right. Like, I was always tough about it. Like, fuck it, I'll sleep on this couch solo. I don't need no bitch. My mother, <laughs> my mother, my mother spit me out solo into this fucking world. You know what I'm saying? And then, but it takes on you. And when you really, yeah. and it takes on women even more. I mean, I wanted to grow up to be Charles Bronson, to be single and shoot people and, you know, have a little room with a cot and posters and that's it. Right. But women, it takes you somewhere else. And it's amazing how... Match.com and these things, these sites have really given a lot of women hope and they're on there and it's... Yeah. You just want cops, so, you know, you don't want no happiness. No, I know, it's a difficult thing. You know, I have a big life. Like, it's difficult and you have kids and there's just like so much intertwined with all that kind of stuff and uh and i put on there that i was in playboy a, a while ago and uh, and i s- said you know my wendy said yeah, i should take that off and i thought you know what 
Um, Flaunt it, bitches. Know, and I kind of feel like for some people that's a deal breaker, but yet for some it is a deal maker. High five. Hell me. yeah. Listen, if you listen, <laughs> if you're looking for dick, you're not going to give me your resume from Catholic school. Know. You know what I'm saying? When you're looking for dick, right. they, don't wanna, they don't care about your dad that had bursitis in his heel. They don't care about yeah, that. Yeah. They're going to stab you. So you got to put your wares out there. Yeah, I was a gotta, playboy. Yeah, you, you know, I won the unfold, award for licking like balls flower. in Amsterdam, yeah, 74. Yeah. Yeah. You got to put those things out yeah. there. If you're a chef, you got to put all the awards you want. You know, just show them the video. Whatever the fucking cartoon. <laughs> I got fucked eight times in one day. I know how to shave that fucking monkey. It's so funny because uh, some of the people on the site, like people put a lot of like where their clothes are off on the, on the pictures, barely wearing anything. And, and I put it because I wrote this funny story about how I made this cake for the 4th of July on my profile because it's like... I'll take you the green cake and see yeah, yeah. turn colors. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put that little story up. And then I put a picture of the cake, right? And uh, and it was all pretty. And they and the match dot uh, com or whatever site I am on because I'm not going to say, the robot came through and uh, took the picture off. Hmm. It's like, dude, you'll let you know, fucking Danish and artsy from Burbank put twenty three pictures of him in a speedo on, but you take my fucking cake off. I'm trying to sell myself here. <laughs> <laughs> you can bake. You've been in Playboy. It's kind of weird. It's it's just a weird thing. Like, I, I don't know what I'd do if I was single. I asked myself, would I go on Match.com? I mean, who would match my compatibility? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kidnapping, burglaries. <laughs> I love to see the chicks that show up. Tattoos, a missing ear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Real women, ex-nuns. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like an ex-nun. Fuck it. You know. If you were on there and some chick put a picture of her dirty little feet. <laughs> oh, I'd go fucking bananas in more ways than one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hip hop, a hippie, a hippie to the, the uh -huh. Sugar Hill Gang, whatever uh -huh. the fuck, right? I was like, you know, I haven't heard this song in a while. And I liked the song, but I stopped liking it because it was one of the weirdest fucking nights. The night that I, I still had the album, like the 16 inch album that you fucking, you know, play. Uh -huh. And uh, I was hanging out with this kid, Didi Cantero, and I was living with the Benders. It was right after my mom died. And up to that, I had done coke, like a little bit of coke here and there, 40s and 50s, and I would never get off. I would just never get off. Like everybody else is seeing stars and all this shit, and I don't feel nothing. I think I'm high, but I'm not high. So one night, I used to work at this Putnam Fuel. It was a gas station on Tunnelly Avenue. It was my first job. The Gamios got it for me. This family, the Gamios, and they're like, "Go down there." And they're like, "Listen, everybody's stealing, so steal a little bit so they don't think, but keep it under control." You know, it, it was a busy gas station. And we had this an inside guy, Freddie. So the story was, Freddie was working. We were going to rob him at gunpoint. We had already mm -hmm. robbed the place like three times. We were like 15. We would just rob it. Anytime we needed money, we would just rob Freddie. Right. We had a friend, Freddie. Oh, at the gas station. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, right, we right. just had Freddie. Yeah. We would I just rob Freddie. I remember that story now. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny that we set Freddie up that night. And the deal was we're going to rob Freddie, smack him a couple times. When the cops came, he'd give us our money. And then we'd give him the money. And we'd go home. We'd buy an eight ball. And half of it was for Freddie. Right. And there was like $200 left over. We we're going to give him the 100 apiece. So we go. We buy the eight ball. And we're fucking 15, 16, right? And we're at John Bender's house. But the funny thing about John Bender, John Bender was one of those kids I was gung-ho about partying, but he couldn't party. He just could right. not party. <laughs> like, he was the guy that beat 10 girls, and he'd come back with it. You know, in those days, like, if you came back with three beers, you were a big shot. He'd come back with a case of Lone Brown. Women were like, oh, my God. You know, he was like, in those days, it was tough to have six right. bucks or seven bucks. This guy would show up and go party, and he could fuck the girls, but he had two beers and pass out. You've never seen nothing like this. Draw mustaches on his face, <laughs> puke, shave his eyebrows. 
that type of pass right. out. And I'll never forget that on Saturday nights, his parents would play cards all night. So we would go to his house on Saturday. So this particular night, he's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm going out with Didi. He didn't know about the eight ball. He didn't know about coke in those days. And he's like, uh, what are you guys going to do? And I'm like, and he hated this kid, Didi. They got to a fight. He goes, just come over. I'll get beers. And I'm like, really? So we get over there with this eight ball. And what the plan was to drink like a beer or two and then walk to Didi's and break up the Coke and bring it back to Freddy's. Well, we put that album on. I said, a hip, huh? A hip, Felicia. On a short fucking, without exaggeration, we must have played the album. Just think about it. It's a 10-minute song, and it kept going on and on all night. We started at about 11, and it went on until like 6 in the fucking morning oh, with no. that song. I said, a hip. But after the second beer, John Bender passes the fuck out. He's out cold. We're snorting coke on the bed while he's... Now, he would dread if he ever seen me snort coke. This is how passed out he was. We had the eight ball out. We were just doing lines uh -huh. while he was sleeping. I'll never forget that the coke was gone the next morning. He woke up. He's like, what happened? Somebody must have fucking put out some quaalude in my beer or something. Like, fuck you, bitch. You had two Michelobos <laughs> and you passed the fuck out. Now you want to talk about this quaalude shit. Right. I remember that we took a little, 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 little bit of cocaine. There was a little, little bit left. Like maybe a half a gram. And we walked to 46th Street Field, which is like the soccer field type baseball field. And I drank a beer there and I did the Coke. And it was like eight in the morning. Like I said, I'm thirsty now. And I drank beer and that was the first time cocaine really hit me. Like I had done Coke for like six months and I would just lie to people like, oh yeah, it was good. But it didn't do shit to me. Really? It wouldn't do shit to me, nothing. I would do fucking grams and nothing. And this really? one night with the eight ball was the first night I really, really got off. Like my jaw was going. And I was fucked up, and I felt paranoid. Like I, I felt like I had to go somewhere, and it was just weird that that wow. song was on. That was just the weirdest thing how a song, and I even got sick. Like as I was going over Riverside, like my stomach got uh -huh. queasy, like I was gonna shit. Like when you first get the coke and you get all fucking queasy, like that's how long it took me. It's a, it's it's, a, it's amazing how music takes you to a certain oh, place sometimes. Absolutely, like uh, you know Pearl Jam's A Better Man? Yeah, yeah. Like I heard that and it was like Christmas Eve and it was just debacle with my husband before we, uh, when we were engaged and we were gonna get married like uh, shortly and, and I was just in the back of this car so pissed off and that song was playing and I was just like, yeah, I feel exactly that way. Yeah, this motherfucker and his inability to plan on New Year's Eve, you know what I mean? Like I like, in my internal monologue and that hearing that song, it's a great song, hearing that song always takes me Ooh, back to that moment where I get, get a little furious. tense, like, oh, this motherfucker. Furious. <laughs> like last night I was trying to write, a, I'm trying to put together the one man show, like just different things. And I said, you know what? Let me let me listen to the album that I was listening to back then. Maybe it'll get me going. I put on Black Sabbath Sabotage, which is a fucking heavy album. And it was so weird because the song Megalomania is a song about you getting rid of somebody out of your life. Like you just parting with them. <clears throat> and it was so weird. I got a an email the other day from Felicia Felipe Esparza's girlfriend. Oh, from Leah? Uh, uh, Lisa. Lisa. Yeah, from and Lisa. And Lisa sent me a thing, and she goes, Joey, I don't She's mean so to tell sweet. you your business. You know, she's pretty smart. She looks yeah. at things. She goes, you always post great music. Why don't you post a blog on what that song meant to you? Wow. And it's so weird that she said that, and, and I wasn't thinking about that. And I just put Megalomania on by Black Sabbath. It's a great, it's Hole in the Sky, Don't Run, uh, fucking something else, and Megalomania. It's just amazing, this side. It just, and if you do acid to it, it fucking destroys you. It's about him giving up a chick and telling her, fuck you, I'm free, and now we're living off the profits of crime. It just takes you 
deep. And if you hit it, do a hit of acid with it, the first line of Megalomania's. So I feel something taking me. I don't know where. It's like a trip inside a separate mind. The ghost of tomorrow from my favorite dream is telling me to leave it all behind. You keep slipping away, slipping into sorrow, right? And I remember like I was so sad as a kid after my mother died. And at night I would get like a half gram of coke and do a couple bumps with some kids. And I would save like a quarter to take home and I would do like a hit of acid like at nine o'clock. This is how sad and how fucked up I was about my mother's death. And I would go home and I was so angry at my stepdad. Like I was so angry at him, but deep down I thought that he would give me the money from my mom's house for me to get my life started. But in a way I just wanted to get rid of him, but I really wanted to kill him. And I would listen to Megalomania over and over and over from like midnight to four in the morning crying, just going through, you ever see Man on Fire when he gets drunk and he goes through that thing at night where we all go through when we get really drunk one oh, night, we yeah. all go through that. Yeah. It's like this inner uh, trip that you go on and you feel pity for yourself and it's like levels of it and it continues all night. And I was into those things, but I did it so much to Megalomania. Like that whole album, like just made so much to me. For years, I, I, I listened to Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath with the with the intention of fucking striking, you know, that's what the song is about, it's getting back at the fucking people who fucked with you, and I would listen to that song, and it's just amazing that it took me there last night, and I couldn't believe I used to feel that way, but that song is like a bittersweet, because it helped me get through what I was going through at uh -huh. that time, but at the same time, it all, it also just gave me this feeling of helplessness, like that was a time in my life when I was very helpless, I was young, I had people who loved me and cared for me, but I didn't want that, I wanted my mother, you know what I'm saying, you just want your mother at that time. So it's really weird, like I felt that last night. I ended up staying up to about two and writing and, and it just drew a lot out of me. And I always tell people, sometimes if you're stuck with writing or something, just put a song on that you like. Because it'll take you to a certain place and you can write about that place and while you write about that place, it opens up what you were thinking about sometime. And it was really weird that I wrote like three pages last oh, night. Oh, awesome. About that feeling, those right. feelings that I used to have that night. They were, yeah. It was horrible. It was fucking horrible, Felicia, you know. But we're here and thank God for Ozzy for... Thank Keeping God. my shit together, bitches. By the way, someone uh, sent me a link to Ozzy uh, uh, when he sang uh, 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 one of his songs in a jazz way. What, what's his big song? Crazy Train. It was Crazy Train, uh, but jazz-like. How's it, it was, sound? It sounded, it's really cool. And Ozzy had the coolest haircut, and I was, and I, so I put it on my Facebook like that. I want that when haircut. When was this? Uh, this is like a week ago. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't see the yeah. Facebook post. Yeah. I, uh, I took my kids yesterday to go get a haircut. I seen that. Yeah, their their hair was so long; it was kind of crazy. You gotta fix it for them. You gotta cut it for them nice for school. Yeah, I had to do that. And uh, uh, my little one, uh, you know, we went to Floyd's Barbershop. Where do you get your hair cut at? Some fucking Russian guy. Oh, so. really? <laughs> I've been going there for thirteen years. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been going there since day one. The first week I got to LA. Is he cheap or? Twenty bucks, twenty-four yeah. bucks. But it's amazing because he had a heart attack. So for the last month, I've been walking around all fucked up because oh, I didn't yeah. want anybody else to touch my head. You know, your head's very sensitive. And I see these people, and they're like, well, Felicia cut my hair, and it sucked. And they keep going from barber to fucking barber. And their head always looks like a fucking avocado. And I'm ugly enough. So I knew that <laughs> if, you found, if you found the person, people like a barber, like anything else in life, gets to know your hair. And he gets to know your fucking, those things in your hair, those little circle things that you have. So he learns how to cut your hair. So, I mean, my loyalties with him, even though I needed a fucking bad haircut, I just Puerto Rican did. I, I would trim the sides until right. I got really high. Did you see there was a hole missing from my head? Yeah, I yeah. took it out myself. That was me one night, stoned as a <laughs> motherfucker. 
doing some minor fucking I've done that work. when I've trimmed up my vagina. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. You always... And I'll trim up my vagina with anything. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. A fork, a spoon. Toenail clipper. Yeah, whatever. Who gives a fuck? You'll cut one hair at a time just I so know, it's one perfect. Time I, actually, I, had, I was using these uh, these doily shears, like, a, you know, for arts and crafts, and I was doing it, and I cut my vagina <laughs> And it, it had like a little doily scar on it. <laughs> it sucks. Anything to do with your fucking... I've caught, I've caught in the skin on my helmet with zippers. Uh-huh. Like my fucking skin on my foreskin looks like Frankenstein's forehead. I got zipper marks all over the fucking place. Looks like the cover from Sticky nodules. Fingers. Yeah, what the fuck? Anyway, but you know who I saw? I was getting to a point at Floyd's Barbershop. I, I ran into, there's a crepe place right next to it, uh, and I took the kids there before uh, we got our appointment, and, uh, and Zach Galifianakis came in, and, and I have this, uh, this is so stupid, but like when I was married, once my husband took me to a industry uh, shishi dinner party kind of thing, and, uh, and I, I had had a couple of glasses of wine, and, uh, and Zach was there. This is like years ago. This is like, I don't know, nine years ago or something like that. And, uh, uh, and I had just stopped doing comedy, so I was a little angry still. And, and uh, Zach was like, hey, Felicia, what's going on? And I was all like, <laughs> like oh, no, you're talking to me. You know, I was just like the biggest asshole in my own mind. But I, I didn't exactly say that. But I didn't like how I ever was with him. That was like, there's like two people I regret in comedy, like how, you know, I just wasn't that cool. Right? And, and so I always thought if I ever run into Zach Galifianakis again, I'm going to say I'm sorry about that because I feel a little embarrassed that I did that, you know? And uh, so I, I saw him, but I was with my kids, and I go, oh, hey, Zach. And he's like, hey, Felicia. And I go, look, I always wanted to apologize. You know, I, I did this weird thing to you at a party. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I did this weird thing to you at a party. And he was like, I don't remember. And, uh, <laughs> and my kids are like, what's wrong with you that you would say that in front of Zach Galifianakis? You know what I mean, right? So then it got kind of awkward, and he went and drank his coffee and, uh, you know, by himself and pretended to be on the phone so I wouldn't approach him. <laughs> then, I, uh, then I took the kids, and uh, I was just laughing at myself because I'm so ridiculous. And we went to Floyd's Barbershop, and guess who I saw there? Brody Stevens. And he looked good, and he was in great spirits, and it was really cool. And uh, Brody, Was he with Zach? Yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach had taken him there to go get a haircut. And, uh, and, and he uh, looked really great, and he was in good spirits, and it was really a very uh, cool thing for my kids to witness in some fucked up way. Uh, but uh, but Brody, uh, you know, he was really nice. Brody's the shit. Brody the Stevens is the shit. I don't know what's going on with him right now. I haven't spoken to him. My heart goes out. I know something went down. Uh, people have been talking about it on Twitter and shit. I don't follow it. You know, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. And Brody uh, is one of the funniest guys out there. He makes funny. me fucking very laugh. Very funny. And, you know, I've had experiences with Brody, especially I tell the story up in Seattle when I took the fucking car from him, his Volvo, and I put him in the fucking backseat of the car, and I said, Brody, how much longer are you going to do 55 in the right-hand lane for? You can't do this to me, dog. Oh, you can't and take he, that. You can't no, tolerate no, that no, no, at no, all. No, 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 I can't yeah. do it. I go, dog, you can't keep doing this to us. We got to be there by 8 o'clock for a show. It's four o'clock, and he's like, it takes four hours to get to Gig Harbor. I said, Brody, get the fuck out of the driver's seat. And I got in that driver's seat in that Volvo, me, him, Josh, Wolf. Yeah, I mean, there was 20 of us in this fucking Volvo. And he's in the back yelling, Joey Diaz, normal people do not drive this way. I was doing 90, <laughs> got there an hour and a fucking half. What right, four hours are you right. talking about? Yeah. And he kept telling for, for years, he was like, you'll never drive my car again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
you are. That was crazy. How can you do yeah. that to me? I was a model in Israel. I mean, I used to fucking torture me. You know, it's really weird that I know Brody for close to 20 years from Seattle. 16 years. Oh, really? Yoshi. I don't know him that long, I've but known he's Yoshi been for fucking 16 yeah. years and yeah. Brody and... It's great to see that they're still doing their thing. It's amazing the people that you come up with and you see sometimes and it just does something to you. You're like, right. wow, you know, I was with that person. Uh, it's weird how, you know, Felicia, you know, I'm in my second half of my 40s, you know, and it's weird that you could actually look at people now and go, wow, you know, I knew you 30 fucking years. Yeah, that's weird right 30 years like this morning I was talking to my friend and I was talking I just about, stopped being friends with people so I don't have to know them no fuck five. that shit <laughs> I'm a loyal guy like that I'd rather have my long standing friends that I've known and this morning I called one to tell him about that thing I'm shooting in Jersey you uh -huh. know and he knows more about the political scene so I just wanted to feel him out you know so I go listen I'm coming back I want to shoot this stuff. And as I was telling him, he's laughing his ass off. And I know him. He's very conservative. He's, he's political, so he's got to be conservative. But I had him. I was torturing him. Like, I'm going to go to, I'm going to shoot uh, the first house I robbed, remember one, whatever. And he's laughing. Like, I'm going to shoot my mother's bar. And he's like, oh. And I oh, told him wow, about, wow, I told him cool. about, you know, uh, going to the suicide bridge and showing him where we beat up the, 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 the so-called gay guy. And he uh -huh. goes, that, is that the time we got the poison ivy? And I'm like, that's right. We went one time to hunt perverted men down there and, we were laying in the weeds and there was poison ivy and we all got poison ivy we were, waiting were laying for the, in the weeds waiting for a victim yeah. you know what I'm saying because there was this is because <laughs> this is like summer of 81 was when it really really got popular you know going down there and yeah. hunting these perverted guys that would have two drinks in the city and then want their dick sucked over in Jersey so they, like that the word got out that this was the hot spot you know what I'm saying so I remember going down there one night with about 16 fucking guys and I'll never forget that. We were in weeds waiting, but there was one point where we got a guy, but we were around the corner. Like, it went down around the mm -hmm. corner, and somebody yelled from the corner, he's got him, he's got him. And I remember running. <laughs> and some guy going, hold him down, let's cut him. I'll never forget that. Like, one of my crazy friends is like, really? let's cut this motherfucker. And I remember looking at him like, bro, we need to cut the guy. All right, well, here's to take his wall. It ain't that type of party. Put your fucking knife away. But that's how crazy it got yeah. down there. Like, they were just down there mugging people. And it just wasn't our clique. It was, like, you go down there and you see friends, like, in the weeds. Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Bro, I'm here till midnight. We got this shift. It's like, what the fuck? You know what I'm <laughs> But yeah, it's like, we were laughing about that. And we were talking about something else that I said to him. I go, Mike, and I'm also thinking of, because uh, I'm shooting this mockumentary type deal and all the places where I grew up, you know, like, and all the things I did. Yeah, I'm going to show you the grammar school I went to and the high school I went to, but I also want to show you where I caused most of my fucking, you know, I'm going to show you my house and where I found my mother on the floor and where the Iceman used to live, where the Iceman, the killer, where his main killer used to live around the corner from me, Mr. Softy, uh -huh. who's being played by James Franco in the movie. The movie's already shot. Okay. I want to see, yeah, Mr. Softy's in the fucking movie and that's you what they call oh, him. Really? Fuck yeah, I knew him and his two kids, the Prongays, yeah. and the mother I tried to hit yeah, on, that Janelle. Arrows on the yeah, Quaalude. Yeah. I'm going to take you. It's 80 feet from my fucking door. People oh, are going to see wow. how close I was to wow. death. And this guy was Mr. Softy. And we used to always give Prongay a hard time. Why doesn't Mr. Softy sell ice cream in this neighborhood? And he'd go, my father ain't that type of ice cream man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Wow. So I'm going to take you with Carmine. Shot the guy seven times. But I also want to take you to some of the places. And one of the things I thought would be neat doing would be going to the jewelry store I robbed, Michael's, and apologizing uh -huh, right. to the guy. Because yeah, yeah. Michael's still around, and he's old. Yeah. And, and my buddy Mike goes, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, he's still around. I go, Mike, it was 29 years ago. 
even if I put it on tape, they can't even turn this into a cold case. People don't understand. You need a lot to prosecute somebody. Right. Even if I say I robbed this place 20, 29 years ago, they still got to get witnesses, and they're all dead, and they still got to get uh, eyewitnesses and right. accounts on who the cops were on duty. And yeah. That's not even a cold case episode. You got nothing. That shit only happens on cold case where they write shit even up. Even if you have the confession of you're your, your telling the story about this happened? I could say I was smoking dope and I was fucking high as a kite. When I said it, who gives a fuck? But I don't think nobody will say that. I just want to be honest. I just want to take people. That would be a highlight if I could tape, if I could tape somebody, you know, apologizing to somebody, uh -huh. you know, that I fucked up or around. That would be, uh, that would really add to the show. I would really love to apologize to Michael because he understands. He's a fucking rum and tumble guy himself. The reason why I didn't go to jail was because he chose, they had an option. Either he could arrest me and get restitution which he was gonna get five dollars a week, or he could fucking uh, let it go and collect on the insurance. You learn something new every day, Felicia. You I something? do when I'm with you, Joey. That's Diaz. why I love you. <laughs> I, have a, I have a better insight to the <laughs> the justice system since I've met you. Absolutely. You have to. You have to know yeah. about the justice system because you never know when you fall in the trap. Sometimes you just have to understand when it's time to move on uh, because you're just wasting your time you know you you can get tricked into being with someone or in a situation for a very long time uh, because it seems like it's easier to just do that when when you shouldn't be in that situation or with that person that's all I'm saying oh, walking away from anything like if you look back at your life like we have a lot of young listeners but I'm an old fucking goat, and I look back. You know, even when I was 15, I look back at shit I did then, and, and, and walking away from certain things, you know? Like, I just, it, it's a, it, it takes so much. And with me, I was just at a meeting with a director for this one-man show I'm doing, and we were talking about, she goes, what if you did get a letter from your daughter? You know, we were talking about scenarios to write. And we were talking about when you know it's time to walk away from something. What gives you the knowledge to, as much as it's going to hurt you, to say this isn't working. This is what I have to do to better myself. It's such a tricky decision, and you're so indecisive when you try to make the decision. But after you live it, I always tell people it's weird when you go through something without something. Like for me, if if you go away for 11 days as my wife, in that 11 days, I'm gonna clean. I'm gonna make myself my own eggs. I'm gonna do my own laundry. And after seven days, I'm gonna go, huh? This ain't that fucking bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you really think about things like that you do without in your life. And after we talked about this, even like a computer, like if I took a computer away from you, how would it change your life today? You'd have to go back to writing with your fucking pencil and paper. That's it. The other hand, if you're on the computer four hours a day, two hours of those days, you're productive. The other two hours, you're looking at tweets and Yahoo yeah, and who got stabbed. Yeah, 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 but yeah, when yeah. you don't have it, it's things that you walk away from. And I look at my life, like walking away from just knowing that comedy was stronger than crime. Like knowing that decision. I know people that are comics now that's still going in out of fucking jail. There's so many things that you just can't get out of your life. But to make the decision to get a particular thing out of your life that you know, it's like a piece of pussy, you're a cock. It's great when you're there. But it fucks up so many other aspects of your life. We were talking about a friend that I have now that he's ruining fucking everything. He's ruining everything that he's worked for. And like I said to him, you know what? When you're 22, if you want to cheat on somebody or take a gamble on something dumb, that's great. You can recover from that. It'll take you 10 years if you're married to recover. But when you're 48 and 50, these idiots that when they're 50 all of a sudden, 
I pray that that doesn't happen to me. Like when they're 50, they decide they don't need the person they're with anymore. They're going to get themselves some 26-year-old. That doesn't mean a thing in their fucking life, you know? And then when that falls apart, that expression always comes to mind. A bird in the hand is better than two in the fucking bush. I've always believed that. And I add it to everything. You know you know how it is. You get one gig. You get a comedy gig. And it pays you. And also somebody else called you for 11.15. And you fuck, and all of a sudden you fuck up both gigs. Because you went on stage for the first gig thinking about the second gig. And you bombed. And now there was traffic on the five, you didn't get to the second gig. So now you fucked up two gigs, but so a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. It applies to so many fucking things in your life, Felicia. Yeah, yeah. It really does, you know. So, but it's, I give you, you know, I know you like this guy, and, and this isn't what this segment is about. It's basically about liking anything that you walk away from, whether it's Coke. I still sit there yeah, some days yeah. and go, how the fuck did I walk away from that? I tell a story, I was hooked on crack in like 99. Did you know that? Oh, I did. Driving back from the comedy store at night, I, if I couldn't get Coke, I'd just drive on uh, Selma and by, uh, by Hollywood High School there in the corner, there'd be like three guys selling crack. So one night I said, what, what, what's the difference? I went home and grinded it up and snorted and I got sick for two days. So then I couldn't get Coke again. Like my dealer was out of town or something for a week. I couldn't get it. And I remember I went over there one night and started getting it and bringing it home and smoking it out of a Coke can. And I remember that I got so cocky with it. Like I'd go out at nine and bring it home and smoke it in the office in that little apartment. And Terry would go, what's that horrible smell? And I'm like, ah, oh, it's just some pot I bought. It's not that good. She fucking knew. She fucking had an idea or something. But I went to El Paso for like a week. And I didn't buy crack. I smoked coke. I smoked. I, I smoked. I snorted coke all week. But I didn't smoke. I didn't smoke crack. And I came home, and I figured, well, I haven't smoked crack in ten days. I'll never smoke it again. I walked away from it. But for like fucking two months, I was hooked on crack at night after the fucking comedy store, like at ninety nine or ninety eight, and like I just walked away from it with no. And I walked away from, never went back. But it's so weird, like just other situations. The hardest one is a relationship. Anything that has to do with a matter of heart, like. A guy that beats you up, that you really like him, or, you know, there's a lot of situations. Right, right. Love yeah. is the toughest one for it's guys tough, and girls. Yeah, it's, it's very tough. tough to. And it's tough, too, when you get to a certain point where you have kids and uh, the other person has a kid, and, and it's, uh, you know, you just want to get your kids grown, you know? Like, you just want to You get have your priorities in life, yeah, bro. Yeah. And you always have to keep your priorities in life and have to figure out what is waste of my time. You really do sometimes. Like, what is a waste of my time? I'm doing this. You know, like, when we talk about jokes, I always reflect it to jokes. Comics will make a big deal about, somebody stole my joke, and they go on Twitter and Facebook and fuck this motherfucker. And some, and in that three hours, you could have wrote a joke. Right, and exactly. And you could have yeah. let that motherfucker yeah. know in a subtle way that, hey, I knew you robbed that joke. This all right. Right. And just walk away because the first one who talks loses. Just walk away after that. That motherfucker can't sleep for a week because he don't know Joe D is going to st stab him one night under his car. Those words, sometimes not saying nothing is better than saying something. That's true. And I always apply it to a lot of things. Sometimes yeah. you just don't need to say nothing. You just have to give him a look and go, I know what you did. I wanted to talk to you about something that happened this week that's so weird in life, how... I go to the YMCA. I don't think nothing of it. You go to a 24-hour fitness. I go to LA Fitness. LA Fitness. I was rocking it today. Yeah, you don't think nothing of it. Yeah. Have you gone, since you've been there, is there somebody that you wave at on what? the way out? 
Nobody um, cute, nobody attractive. Is there like an old lady who said to you, excuse me, can I use that weight? And you're like, hey, grandma. No, because the LA Fitness I go is here in Studio City, so it's all people in the business and actresses and every oh, sort that. of weightlifter and Russian dudes. And it's just like, you know, get off your fucking Blackberry and stop texting because oh, I want to no, use I don't that like machine. That shit. It's yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, a lot of people emailed us about not taking the phone to the gym and doing it all now for yourself. I got a few emails. So thank you for the people that paid attention to that podcast. But it's really weird when you go to, when you're there for a year, you're gonna have relationships with people. What am I saying about relationships? Not like, you know, let's do lunch, but people that you see at the Y. Right. Like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Did you come to her class the other day? No, you're lucky you didn't. She made us fucking lift weights with a fucking barrel on my head like an African. Whatever. Yeah. Right. You know, and you become friends with people. And there was this heavy metal dude there. Not heavy, short hair, handsome, a couple muscles, you know, I see him on the weights. And one day he was in a yoga class, but he was friends with my favorite teacher yoga class. I see the talking, so if she's really cool, I figured he's cool, you know? Uh -huh. So one day we're in the gym, and I have two people like that that I talk to there. There's a guy from New York, and there's this guy from Philly. And I talk to this guy from Philly, and one day I see him in a yoga class, and he said hello, and on the way out, I go, dog, you're doing Michelle's class on Monday, and that's the class I like. It's 11.45 to 12.45. It's one hour of just torture yoga. And it gets you ready for the fucking week, and you're energizing, ah, and you're right, ready to go. Right. And it's filled with, <laughs> and it's filled with broads. But there was three guys in there: me, that heavy metal dude, and another dude that's like a, an engineer or something. Really sweetheart of a guy. And you got, like I said, I get to talk. Like last night, I met a nerdy girl there, me and my wife, and she was Cuban. Oh yeah. Yeah, and she's like, if you need whatever, I'll hook you up. I mean, it was just amazing, you know. Oh, nice. And I talked to this guy, and we giggled, and he, he's a hot guy, so he would talk to me about, bro, look at that bitch, you know. And, and he was telling me he put a band together that he told me the name of his band he was in, in the nineties that I guess they were really popular in L.A. because people always talked to him there. Uh -huh. Like, hey, dude, what's up? And so we were talking one day, and he goes, no, I'm part of this new band now that's doing a Stone Temple Pilot tribute. And they're really good, and we got the singer from this band, and we are just talking about it at right, Yoga last right. week, the Monday before. So I don't think nothing of it. I didn't see him this week. And last night I go to yoga with my wife. It's date night. It's Thursday night. I go to yoga, and we're sitting there, and 6 o'clock comes, and Madison's not there. And 10 after 6, Madison's not there. And a quarter after 6, Madison's not there. And Madison's the fucking best yoga teacher there. She's on time. And also the, uh, this guy comes in that I see walking around North Hollywood, and I go, you taking the class? And he goes, no, 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 I came this morning. He goes, I just want to tell you that do you know Johnny Rock or Johnny G? And I go, no. And I go, but that's weird. Somebody just emailed me a Johnny G reference on Facebook or, or on Twitter. And uh -huh. they go, I guess he's good friends with Madison. He died on Sunday night on the 405. So Terry goes, oh, my God, that was on Yahoo. North Hollywood man dies on the 405. So I'm like, I hope it's not that fucking heavy metal guy, Johnny Rock or Johnny Z, but everything pointed at him. She goes, he's really good friends with Madison, and Madison found out this morning, and she almost had to leave class, so I doubt she was coming tonight. I guess they knew each other for 20 years. They were like in some acting class back oh, in 90-something, really? but she's really upset and blah, 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 and I just felt it. I'm like, this kid fucking died. And we were talking about haircutting. He goes, if you need a haircut, I'll talk you up. You know, I goes, that's what I do. This guy used to travel to cut people's hair. Oh, like, yeah. That's how good he was. You uh -huh. know, like he'd go to Philly and New York and shit. So I went home and I went online. I looked for Yahoo and I looked for North Hollywood Man. And sure enough, it was this kid, 42 years old. But, you know, I didn't go home and cry and tell you I was upset. But it just fucked with me the whole night because I just met that guy. And when something like that happens, it could be you. He was driving Absolutely. home at the 405 by himself, 4 o'clock in the morning, and oh. he hit the turn rail. And that's it. By, uh, my wife knows where it is, Howard Hughes Parkway. 
What? Wow. And, you know, I read the obituary. They were burying him today and having a memorial tomorrow, but in Philadelphia and New York City. So I, I just feel bad that death always hits you in a weird way. Like, when I was a kid, I had no empathy, or I thought I didn't. And over the years now, I'm more empathetic. And But I, I, I've gotten more empathetic like that. 20 years ago, if somebody died that I just met the why, whatever, yeah, he died, big fucking deal. But now it bothers me. Like, it was just weird. It didn't bother me, and I didn't cry or nothing. But just the no, fact that you have somebody can, in contact with. Yeah, and it, it, and it can be sometimes a very close contact, or it can be, like you're saying, someone you really don't know that well, but you are pleasant to. Or it can be even, like, sometimes even a celebrity that has some weirdness you're attached to. Like, uh, the guy that, uh, that just died, uh, is it? It's not Janie Lee, the guy that sang Cherry Pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah he just died, and in it the made hotel. me. Yeah. yeah, and it made me feel sad because it was like, uh, you know, when I did Star Search, his girlfriend or the girl that was in the Cherry Pie video was in that. Like that was such a huge thing, you know, culturally <clears throat> when I was when I was younger, and it did kind of make me feel uh, a weird, you know, like uh, it made me feel like the time, and I and I don't mean it as a joke. I'm very serious, and I had written it on my Facebook. Like in seventh grade, I got the science book of the girl that had died in my school the year before, and I got her science book with her signature in the book, and it always made me feel incredibly sad all the time, and I'm not joking. Like every time I did my science, and I would see her name because she died of leukemia, and it always made me feel sad, and, and uh uh, and it doesn't like ruin your day or anything, but it does kind of give you a little bit of like, wow, things, things are really can happen just like that, especially on the forum. This guy was really enthusiastic about life. He had a good demeanor. The one night we did yoga together, and I went up to him, and I could I could smell the reefer on him, uh -huh. so I immediately liked him. What gets me the most about this is that dog death doesn't give a fuck what you got going on. No. Whether you start a band, whether you have just had a baby. Death doesn't, and it really reminds me of like, Jesus, you gotta live the fullest every fucking day. That's what that. it fucking, yeah. every time. This kid last night, I went home and I'm like, fuck, I gotta double up my sets. Like, I went home last night, I gotta start doing more comedy. I gotta start doing this because that's what it makes you yeah. seem like. You know, I was telling Terry last night when I, you know, for a long time, I didn't, I got attached to people after my mom died, but after those, I had three people who died really quick, and I, for a long time, I thought I was the kiss of death. So I would get close to people, but not too close, because I always, I always knew in the back of my mind that you could just disappear just like that. Like I, I seen know. a kid one night at six o'clock, and the next one I seen a twelve-year-old kid at six o'clock at night, and at eight in the morning the next day he was gone. He went to get groceries with his mother and got hit by a fucking car. Oh, excuse me, with Frankie Balzano. That's not the point, but the point being that you could just, just like this, I could just leave here right now. And get sideswiped by a fucking car or... Seriously, <clears throat> I shared the time about when I was on the 405 and a guy went by me on a motorcycle and a beautiful... It was a year or two years ago in August, a beautiful day uh, as the sun was setting, <clears throat> coming down the 405 from the Skirball Center and had a helmet on but had a white t-shirt and jeans and looked, you know, like was fucking rocking it on his motorcycle and his and hit a pebble or whatever the fuck and that thing laid down and his head got run over by a truck and it happened right in front of my car and and it was one of, and I got an instant migraine headache it was so horrific and it was like playing pool where you could see where the pool ball was going to line up with the pocket you could see when his bike f fell over or skidded that he was going to go right underneath you could 
see it 150 see it. yards away. You didn't have to be a genie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it. It, and it was like instant migraine. And, and uh, it, when you see something like that, it is. Life can go away in a second. It's so very important to keep the people close to you that you love even closer and to do what you are meant to fucking do and not question it all the time. Just fucking do it. It just was pretty mind-boggling. It really opens up your eyes. Like, I got up this morning and thought about it, and I went back to the obituary. And I always put myself, like, I, you know, what his friends feel like and what his family feels like, and that always has destroyed me. But that's uh, what I want to talk And that's what the podcast is about. It's fucking taking it to the hoop every fucking day, you know? I like being tired. I like being busy because this is all you have. If you're not busy, you're not living, Felicia. Yeah. I want to be busy from now on. I feel fucking alive again, you know? For the last year, I've really felt alive again for a long time. I'm doing what the fuck I want to do, what I was meant to do, and that's a gift. God gives you a gift right? when he makes sure you to make a living easy. But like it's also it important easy. to understand when it's <clears throat> time to step back and give attention to other areas. Like I was just, before you came over, uh, hanging out in my bedroom with uh, my little guy, and I was tickling him and kissing him, and I was thinking, God, when's really the last time I got in here? And tickled him till he almost peed his pants. You know, like I should take more time to, to because it's the last of them being little. I should take more time to do that. So it is important to always keep moving, but it is also important when you're moving constantly to go. Wait a minute, now it's time to get. No, you need that attention. fucking balance. Yeah. You really need that balance. It's hard to find balance. that balance. You have to make it. It's yeah. not. You don't find it. It's not a pebble in the fucking sand. That's the thing with balance. That you have to go. Enough is enough. You know, what is enough? This is what I need to do for two days. I need to, you know, Felicia, lately, I know you're going to run into it in about a month. You're going to feel days where you fucking wake up and you have the ability to do what you want to do, but everything is there in front of you. Like, you're clear-headed. You're like, Joey, I got to do this. I got to pick this up. Right, and right. you know what you need to put it all together? What? The gym for 45 minutes. Uh, half hour, half, half hour. hour. You're going to realize hour. that. Yeah. It just puts it together. You leave that gym, you stop at Whole Foods, you get your coochie fucking baba juice, whatever the fuck you drink, and on the way, you're making calls. Yeah. You already, like, your day came into tune. When you woke up, everything was there, but everything uh -huh. was spread apart. And sometimes it just takes making an hour for yourself, whether it's taking that hike that you do. Uh -huh. Now, when you get back from that hike, and I tell people all the time, that's why we're going back to it with the phone and shit. That one hour is so important to it you. It is. You know, you, you could either make $8 an hour, you can make $50 an hour, but your time for one hour is worth $2 million an hour. Yeah. Like, your time is your time. And, and in life, I didn't make time for me. Fuck that shit. And when I'm talking about making time for you, I'm talking about sitting in front of a fucking television. That's, if that's what it is. If that's what that's you what need to is, do, then that's, then that's right. what it is. Yeah. But you know what? Like, lately on the weekends, I haven't even wanted to do shit. Like, me and Terry's so tired on the weekends from the five fucking days and cooking and, you know, fucking around and talking and the yogas and on the weekends. And lately, I've been saying, you know what, Terry? We're going to do something one of the two days. You know what? Everybody sits in fucking traffic. It's my more time we start doing it a little bit. Yeah. So we're going to go to the beach. We go a little early, blah, 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 blah. You know, today we got our menu for the beach this weekend. We're going to go to fucking the Cuban joint. Oh, yeah. Porto's. We're going to get there when it opens oh, on yeah. Sunday. We're going to get a couple yeah. Cuban sandwiches, okay. some fried uh, potatoes and shit, and shoot right down to Malibu. Porto's is awesome. And stay there till 12. So when everybody's coming, you're coming That's home. That's the thing. Four fucking hours. In LA, hours. you got to do everything. Everything Get backwards. up at 7, and then you're home by 1, by and one. you're chilling. And you can sleep all day. Monday, you wake up, you scratch your balls. It's fucking Labor Day. Felicia puts down the podcast, and bam, we start another <laughs> fucking week, September 6th. Because it's September already, Felicia. I know. This is it. This is it. You just put your kids back in school, but it's I so know. weird. Thank God. How, Thank God. 
you know, I was talking about how you, January to September is something else. Like the moon is somewhere else. But September to fucking December just flies. Just flies, Felicia. Oh, yeah. Right now we're having a conversation. It's Labor Day. We're going to have a conversation in two weeks, and it's going to be Halloween. You're going to say, no, Joey, Halloween's in six weeks. Fuck you, bitch. Know, it's going to feel know, like two I weeks. Know. In two weeks, they're going to come to you. Can I get the mask? Oh, dude, they're already doing yeah. it. Yeah. They're already and doing then, it. What's after Thanksgiving? Because in reality, it's only three weeks away. Uh, I can't. I can't even talk. Yeah, about it. you can't yeah, even think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, we were talking about the other day that when you're a kid, you can't wait to fucking get old. Oh my God, you sit there and dream about when you could shave your mustache and when I'm gonna be able to drive to the mall by myself. Fuck my yeah. mom. And all of a sudden you get old and you're like, boy, would I love to turn the clock back. And time moves slow. And the summers when you were a kid, it lasts like a year. Yeah. Now, yeah. how fast was the summer? We were the summer went so fast. Fucking fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's already, you know, so. The moral of this podcast today is live your motherfucking life. Yeah, like I could be laying around in my bed thinking about how the activity partner did fuck me just right, by the way. I just can't get over it, Joey. I'm going to just say, well, it was like, it was like every fantasy I had, he, he made the move. Like before a guy would get about 70%, I'd be like, you know, when you pull my hair like this and spank the left cheek like that, come pow, shh, squirt time. You know what I mean? <laughs> And now I'm all like, I got to fucking train another dude. <laughs> I know, Joey, I know. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. But I'm doing, I, I've been on a, a couple of dates. And I've been going out. I took my niece to go see. We got, we scored third row tickets at uh, the Goo Goo Dolls. I told you that. We had such an amazing time. Third row tickets. We got to go backstage. We got to get our pictures uh, with the Goo Goo Dolls. And, I, and, and you know what? I, I had a great time. Sure. It was, and my niece was so, because she's very like a kind of goth the uh, kind of chick and she was very like you know like sullen and I can't uh, allow this anyone to see that I'm very excited that I'm in third row seats and you know what I mean and uh, but it was so awesome and I had a great time and uh, but now, she's who else leaving is the Google Dolls? Pardon? Who else is at the Google Dolls? Oh Michelle Branch and then I think a band called Parachute. How was Michelle Branch? Cute little guy. She was good. She yeah was she was good. fine yeah and then the, I, I very much enjoyed the first band Parachute. They have a hit somewhere but they were so cute you know, that's when you know you're getting to be an old lady when you're like, oh, that band is so cute, but in a, in a you know, not in a fun way anymore. Pathetic, right? What are you going to do? Things are bad what are you all gonna over. Do? You I know go on internet dating and there's all, a lot of these guys and I recognize them like, because uh, I'm kind of knowledgeable about music. Like they're, you know, I'm an old, old rock star. Like they kind of word it like that and you're like, fuck. Do I really want a fucking old rock star? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do I really want to go there? <laughs> Can he give? Do I need this shit in my <laughs> life right now? Spandex pants, and you're 52, <laughs> and you're still talking about White Snake? Are you fucking kidding me? Because those guys still exist. You walk into that fucking rainbow, and it's a museum of fucking knuckleheads. You know, the rainbow <laughs> has a great menu. The rainbow is a great fucking time. If you're ever in LA. Take the time out to the go rainbow to the rainbow. Can be fun, yeah. The rainbow can be a lot of fucking fun. But you know what? If you catch a bad night in the rainbow, it's like a bad night in the improv. Every fucking knucklehead is there. And they will approach you and talk to you and give you fucking ear beatings that you don't give a fuck about. You know what I'm saying? Like people that were part of the band, like the third generation of that band, uh -huh. like Rainbow on Tour 2011. And oh, you're like, yeah, no, yeah, why are you yeah, talking yeah, to me? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the food is delicious. But every time I went to the fucking rainbow, 
It was like I left there with my ear bleeding from the fucking ear beating from an old rocker. And some are very interesting. <laughs> some are very interesting. Yeah, no, they're all Like last week I bumped they're into Greg Kinn on the fucking phone. I did oh, his radio yeah. show. And it was brilliant to me. The guy was great. Sebastian Bach gets on my last fucking nerve. I seen him up there one night. He won't shut the fuck up. I like his wife, though. The porno chick, I like his wife. She's hot. Who else <laughs> have I seen out here? I've seen like you, I've seen some of the Rainbow uh, some of the Aussie guys. I've seen Motley Crue, and I, I've always seen the drummer, and I fucking love Tommy Lee. But some There's a couple of them that circle around the Gelsons. I can tell they're old rocker guys. Yeah. Oh, it's God. Like, Dude, I just want to get my bread and squeeze it without you staring at me. But it's the, like the one that, repl- like, you know the band uh, Led Zeppelin? Yeah, I replaced Jason Bonham. What do I want to talk to you for? Right. What do I want to talk to you for? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you bothering me for? You shouldn't even be here. You should have a fucking day job. Yeah. You know, it's like, you sit there and you're like, I don't want, but... If you're ever in L.A., you have to. There's some places that you have. And I haven't been there in like 10 years. The last time I went in there was a Brian Holtzman coked out of my mind. And a rock guy came up to me with coke. And he still gave me an ear beat and I told him to go away. Oh, really? Like I throw somebody (laughs) with coke away. That's how bad they get. Listen, it's 2011. If you still got the tight black pants on, we got to have a talk. We got to have a talk in the other room, like the spandex ones. Oh, right. I'm talking oh, 1980. They still had those on? Yes, they're Shut still. Up. Listen, if you go to Sunset, every fucking day on Sunset, there's a kid that walks on Sunset from like Gardner to maybe Fairfax. Like he has a day job, but he has to bring his guitar with him. You know those fucking knuckleheads? Right, yeah. That the band's going to make it. Yeah. You know, one of those fucking guys. You know what I'm saying? The band's going to make it, those guys. <laughs> He wears the same red leather pants every day. You know what his balls must fucking smell well, like? Fuck, those, after rather, this week? those red leather Don't, pants. You know the red leathers from the yeah, 80s? Yeah. So he has the red pants oh, no. with the black deep t-shirt with oh. the fucking thing, with the long brown hair, with the feather fucking hairdo. Now, I'm no fucking fashion designer or ball of fashion, but that's 1985, the feather in the fucking hair. Right. That's, uh, that's nobody's fool, that's rat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's fucking uh, Greg Winger. What's his name? You gotta fly towards the angels. That's Greg Winger. That's that shit. If you still got that get up winger. on. Yeah, you winger. said Winger. Yeah, it's Winger. Kip Winger. Oh, Kip that Winger. Song was great, oh, I'm I sorry. I had to touch my vagina yeah, when beautiful. you said but Kip Winger. Here, smell my finger. No, no. <laughs> smell my sweaty. finger. No, you dirty bitch. But uh, it's so funny how. You know, it's just, I don't want to see the leather black leather paint. We're not in that. It's like Sha-na-na. If I see somebody dressed like Sha-na-na, that's 1950, really? Oh, would some people dress that way in a, for irony, I guess, you know? What fucking irony? I don't know, I don't know. You know, it's like the fat chick with the hat. The other day I went on a plane, there was a 300-pound chick, and somebody told her to put a hat on because it'd be cute. What about the 300 fucking pounds? What is the hat going to do? <laughs> What is the hat gonna do? I don't know. Nothing bothers me more than hats. Did you know that? Oh really? Oh yeah. Like Would a, you wear a hat? No, a baseball hat, and I cover my gray hair. Yeah. Not a hat to be cute. There's nothing. That, you can't do nothing to me to make me fucking cute. You know those guys that wear the Sinatra <laughs> hat in Hollywood. Right. I want to knock them all on the fucking head. Oh, the every fedora. Time. Yeah, the yeah. fedoras. I know. And they wear it a certain way. Like yeah, they put I it know. on to be cute. Yeah. You ever see like you know when a girl is going to Vegas on Friday, go to Burbank and sit there, and I'll pick them out. You know why? Because they all have the cute hair and they're 
walk in the... I don't like that shit. Why you got the fucking hat on? Leave the hat at home. Put it on when I'm fucking you from behind. Make believe I'm fucking Sinatra or something in the ass. But don't put the fucking hat on. I don't want to see... It really bothers the fuck out of me. You know that, right? Really? Like the fake... I don't mind when you put a hat on. It's when you put the hat on and I know you took you a half hour to put it on. That's uh, what pisses okay. me off. When I see a girl with the hat placed perfectly on... With the heels and the short shorts, and they're headed to Vegas with yeah. that I'm so cute look. But the one that kills me isn't the hot girl; it's the fat fuck that wears it. With the, it's like me putting on a hat to be cute. So people come up to me and say, "Oh my god, what a cute hat!" What about the fat around my fucking stomach? Well, don't you have to say something about that shit? That's what you should be pointing out, not the dumb fucking Sinatra hat you have on your head. Look, if you're a person that gets to that point in life and putting the hat on makes you fucking happy, you know what? God bless you put that fucking Smoke hat a on. joint. That makes me happy. But don't put the hat on. It aggravates the fuck out of me. You know, me. when you know? I lived in New York, uh, uh, when I was married, we lived in these two huge uh, towers, these apartment buildings, and they faced each other. And our uh, living room could look into someone's, and this is like on the 44th floor, look into someone's window. And there used to be a lady there, and she would put on hats and scarves compulsively for hours on end. Just different hats and scarves. And it was fascinating to watch. And then there was this other girl. She was about 10 stories below her. She used to have this huge bouncy ball. And she used to bounce naked on the ball, watch television, and talk on the phone. That was kind of erotic, though. That was kind of that was kind of really That's nice. Crazy. But she had to know that people were watching she didn't for give sure. A fuck. Yeah. Was she hot? She was so fucking hot. Really? I, yeah, yeah, I touched bounce, myself watching yeah, it. That's how hot she. Yeah, it was fucking erotic. I can't bounce. I can't make uh, looking uh, bouncing up and down on a ball sexy, or I can't make the pool look sexy. That's listen, the problem. Listen, I don't want to see you bounce. All I want to do is see you bounce my balls in your mouth. That's it. Ladies got to get that shit out of the fucking way. I don't think I if would you bounce th- your balls. If right I think, now. if you think, if a guy, mm-hmm. if you think a guy wants to see you bounce around a ball, the only thing we care is the square root of the situation. How are my balls going to bounce on your fucking throat? With your really? nuts on your tonsil while you're backstage <laughs> whacking at your punk-ass concert. You know what I'm saying? Like Snoop Dogg here and Dr. Dre. <laughs> Show you how went up that hoop because I might not understand, man. Well, I'm you're gonna... all basic like that. You like basic. You're basic. You're basic. You know, like some people get turned on by watching a woman bounce up and down Listen, on a ball. Listen, you don't know what turns me on a chick washing her feet. With soap in the tub, like washing her feet and uh-huh. cutting her nails, like that turns me the fuck on. You really? know what I'm no, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll tell you what turns me off: dead fucking toe polish on a nail. Like when it's half dead on a woman's oh, nail, yeah, you want to yeah. turn my shit off. And I will say, I'll call you out. What? We didn't have time to put. That's why I'm wearing socks, my friend. You gotta take that. <laughs> they should just make. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna create a stencil that women can put on their toes on uh-huh. the way out and just spray paint their toes. Because that's the way to go. If you leave your house with that first toe all fucked up, how am I gonna eat your pussy? If your toe is <laughs> fucked up, what's your fucking pussy going to look like? If that little simple that, toe. There you go. If you can't go true. like this before you leave or while you're driving, right. I don't give a yeah. fuck. You That's do this shit true. with the mascara. If you can't take care of that can't one paint your nasty toenails, fucking toe. You're not washing your monkey correctly. Right? Not toenails, plural. Toenail, that big one fucked up fucks me up. The little ones, they're all fucked up anyway. Your little toes, they don't matter. So you're just saying the big toe. That big toe better look like a fucking mirror on a new car. <laughs> Spotless. I want to see it shine. You know what I'm saying? If it ain't shining, you're a filthy fucking animal. That's just how it seems. And I talk for every fucking guy. When we yeah, see really? that nasty really? toenail on a woman, I know. it's like you showed up, 
you doodled it up, you washed your pussy, but you didn't right. have time in this whole fucking idea. But Joey, I, I, I'm sensitive over that subject for the fact I do try to keep toenail polish on my toes, but I got fucked up feet, you know? Like I told you I was in an accident as a kid, and so my right foot is bigger. A foot well, make it work for you. Bigger. Get a skateboard or something. I don't, I don't know. know what that, <laughs> that makes me feel Make it work for you with I'm, that long Because I'm all and... like, maybe the activity partner broke up because of my fucking work foot. No, the one leg is longer than the other one? Uh, my legs. So you could stand like in a yoga position. Somebody give you a stabbing from underneath. Like, Jeez. I'm just thinking here. No, I'm just trying I'm to give you fucking. Maybe, maybe you should put that on your. Maybe you should put that on your fucking uh, match.com. I got one leg longer than the other. And one foot me. bigger than you the know other. What I'm You're yeah. fucking a woman with one stilt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> I don't fucking know. I can't see somebody going on match.com if you're not gonna put your true qualities on there. Oh, please. Tremendous no pussy one... eater. Comes in 30 seconds. Oh, But yeah, I'll rock your but, world. You know what? But here, any guy that that lets you know he's tremendous at eating pussy is just not good at eating pussy. Any guy that says anything overt. No, no, know, no, no. Like, it just doesn't work. I never you know? said nothing about fucking. I, I only talk about, I only brag what I'm good at. I didn't say nothing about fucking. Yeah, that's what I've been telling you for years. That's my specialty. I love all that crazy. Well, I didn't know that you were yeah, good at it. I whole, thought you were just you like, you know, with, I don't know. I, I was don't taught know. by a professional freak. I don't know. That's the story I've been telling on stage. When I was 23, I dated this girl that was 20. No, when I was a little young, I dated this girl that was 29. And one night, dog, she's like, dog, what are you doing? You're doing, you're okay. I mean, you got a lot of heart, but you got to get in there. And I remember we were up all night, not even doing drugs. She pulled out that little monkey and showed me where to lick. I sucked that fucking preventive sponge right out of her asshole after that. Fuck yeah. I was like 19 and she was 29. She took me to the hoop. And after that, I really loved it because I, that's what I talk about on stage, that for years, no woman ever tells you that you're eating bad pussy. We eat bad pussy because you fucking morons keep letting us eat bad pussy because you're too sweet. You're the type of woman, you wouldn't stop a guy and say, hey, guy, listen, you're not doing it right. You might hint them. There's a few women that'll say, dog, you're wasting my fucking time here. Well, I'll give a hint, but I'm not yeah. going to be cruel no, about it. No, but there's some women, you know, when you're 26 or a little older, you've been jaded, you got crabs, you dated a married guy one time, you've already had a taste, so you're not will you're willing to tell a guy what the fuck you feel. There's a couple of years in a woman's life where she's a little jaded, and anybody she fucks in that jade period, you do it out of anger. Something happened. You know what I'm saying? So you don't even give a fuck. Look, you're looking at me because you know I'm not lying to you. There's a part in a woman's life where she gets, you know, beat up or something. And I'm not I'm not condoning it. But a woman will get evil at one point in her life. She'll just go out and fuck a guy just to fuck a guy and come home and fuck him good. Put that monkey on their face. Not give him fucking breakfast on the way out. There's just some women that are like that. But those same women will say, dog, you're not fucking me right. You know, and they'll tell you, listen, this is how you lick. Take a breather, lick some more, finger me, do the Chinese finger torture, put a tip pinky up my ass, and then you get, so then you develop after that, and you're confident about eating pussy. So I wouldn't go out and tell somebody I could fuck your brains out because it's never going to happen. But I'll tell you what, I'll suck your fucking uterus out from behind the front. So what was the biggest piece of advice she gave you? I don't fucking know. I got to look at it. Show me your pussy and I'll tell okay, you. Like there, there you shit, go. There you go. What about this spot? No, right in the fucking middle where that little red dot is and suck on it. Yeah. Put a little finger in and scratch the fucking inside out like a cat. When a cat fucks another cat, they, their dick expands. So when they pull out, that's why a female cat screams because you're pulling out all the old sperm. He's scraping it. So when he lays his sperm in, it, did you know that? No. That's why you got to watch Animal Planet. That, that, that The fucking <laughs> monkey's in there. So... Same thing applies with that little fucking monkey. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys can't fuck the same, but eating pussy's tremendous. That's all I want to talk about. That's it. I don't even know how we ended up on this conversation and shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, what about guys? Like, what? What's it? What, let me ask you this: 
if a girl is giving you a blowjob, right. what what is the one piece of advice you would like to give like the women? Like, is there one thing that you find like, yeah, that wasn't my favorite when most women did this? Is there one thing? I'm gonna be as honest as I can with you, talking from the heart here. Uh-huh. I've never gotten a bad blowjob because they're really? all good. Anybody who's really? willing to put their lips on my dick, that's a good job right there. Any woman who's willing to, I've never, you've had blowjobs when women are like half drunk and they're falling asleep and they're like lazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, I'm not saying that's ever happened to me, I, but. I, I don't, don't want to do this, you know. But it's, uh, it's really, like, I've never, I don't know. Like, I've even had women that have said, I'll suck your dick so good and you're there and you're waiting to see stars, but. You come and then you move on with your fucking life. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> when I was in high school, I had a girl like after high school that gave great blowjobs, and that was rare. She was young and she just liked it. She just liked it. Like she just fucking really liked it at a young age, and she gave a great blowjob. I've never gotten a bad blowjob. I can't fucking tell. All right. You get the same result at the end. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Women are the ones that can't come because the stars. You know, guys. You know, all you gotta do is put a lip on it. We'll close our eyes and we'll come eventually. You never sucked the guy's dick and he didn't come? Fuck no. Everybody fucking comes with you. Everybody gets service right. You're like Dairy Queen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're like Dairy Queen. I was thinking about that. Well, do I really want to fess up that I've been with someone and I couldn't make him come? Well, that's the thing is, because uh, now, you know, I have a couple of girlfriends and we're all doing the internet dating and, and now we're cross-referencing because we're all looking at the same pool of guys, you know? And and uh, and my friend will be like, you know who I'm talking about too. She's like, no, that guy can't get it up and this guy is like that and no, this guy is like your best friend and, and I'm all like, holy shit. It's like, they don't they don't even know like that, that that's going on, you know? Anyway. It was a great podcast, Felicia. It's good to see you again, you sexy Well, uh, Joey, it's always a pleasure to see always you and to learn a lot of fun, a lot of certain fun things show. in life. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, what else do we want to say? If you would like to email us, please email us at beautyandthebeastpodcast at gmail.com. We would like to thank everyone who's been downloading and listening to us because our numbers have done uh, pretty spectacularly as of late. And uh, I'm very happy with how it's been going. It's beautiful. You guys are a great audience. I just want to say something. I'd like to thank everybody who donated money and made the comments about helping out and, uh, you know, lending cameras and films and trucks and cars. I was blown the fuck away. For years, I didn't know the power of Facebook or Twitter. And for the first time, I really understand it. I, I was telling Felicia today that what we're doing right now, the people that we're really hooking up with, some of you people have blown me out of the fucking water. Yeah, the internet has a lot of fucking knuckleheads, but I've connected with a lot of you guys, whether it's on the phone or at different comedy shows, and I have been blown away. But the support that I got from you guys as far as anything I needed for this documentary and the comments and just the support with Beauty and the Beast and everything has just been overwhelming. Thank you for all the donations and for helping us over this last year. And we're going to keep giving you the best of what the fuck we got, you know? Absolutely. Which is our inside, you dirty bitch. Let me smell your fingers now. Okay, you smell Scratch real right. fucking deep and let me sniff. What are you scratching your palm for? You got no money coming, bitch. <laughs> okay, all right. She's scratching all right. her palm, faking right, the fucking itch and shit. It now now it. she's scratching. Oh, smell. <clears throat> That's over. It smells like jeans. <laughs> well, at least <laughs> smells the, like Ross. At least the order hasn't leaked through. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Have a great week. Throw a kiss, Felicia. Mwah. Mwah.